0: he wasn't quite paying attention to what she makes it. No? All right. After uh, Christmas Eve, I comes up to me and she says, that was really good and short. Can you do that on Sundays? Checked in and, and both boys are still in their pajamas. It's not They're in their pajamas, sitting on the couch, and I said, Guys, you've got to get dressed. And Josiah's like, Why? I said, It's Sunday. And he went, It's Sunday? Like, he had not a clue it was Sunday. That <laughs> didn't tell him it was Sunday. You know, that just told him he was actually to get dressed. I like, But you know, it is one of those where, you know, today you're kind of like, is it really Sunday? Like, what day is it? Is it not? You know, and I'm here just to say, it's still Sunday, right? And it won't be for you, but tonight. And then tomorrow's Monday, but no school, so you're okay to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here we are. The Sunday after Christmas. <laughs> the Sunday when you, it's as if all. Of creation just takes this deep breath in, because Christmas is about journeys, you know. And we read within this story, and it started with Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem. It really starts with Mary on her own journey to see her cousin Elizabeth many months before, and, and we read that shepherds. Are on their journey. We read uh, that Magi, wise men, or kings—really just stargazers—started a journey. We don't know how. They probably had the longest journey. It could have easily taken them a year or more to get to where Jesus. But it is as if Christmas ends the journey, where everyone kind of just sits back and goes, "Ah, it's done." And for you parents, you probably are kind of like, ah, "It's done," and then you're like, uh, "Is it really ever done?" You know, moms get the gifts a lot of times. Like, so Alicia uh, well, does a lot of the shopping for our kids. Uh, I finance it. She uh, shops for it. Works out well, doesn't it? You know, most of the time, I actually know what they're getting beforehand. Uh, there was one gift that it was from her and somebody else. I'm like, "What about me?" And she's like, "No, you don't count on this one." It was a leotard, I believe, uh, for sis. Uh, you know, not that I know anything about Larry. You know. Uh. But she's like done, and then what happens is for us husbands, it's now our job to put everything together. And so I spent an hour or two putting one of the boys' gift together last night. Uh, yesterday afternoon... And they thoroughly enjoyed it, but it was like, no, this isn't what I, yeah, no. And, you know, we're reading the instructions, and I'm still taking bolts out. i putting go back in. I was reading the instructions. I read them all the time. I didn't say I follow them always. You know, and there's times Josiah's trying to hold up his end. And it's like, someone go get a laser. I just need somebody to hold it up a little bit higher, you know, and David's kind of sitting there, like, looking good, Dad. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, and then David would get in, and Josiah would go sit down. They're taking breaks. They've they learned from Larry on Wednesday nights, you know, and Paul. They've seen them. Learn, they work five minutes, and then they take a ten-minute break and work five and all, You know, and Paul knows what I'm talking about, don't you? Except Paul also has to get a dessert in and, and during his break time. So, Paul, oh, we miss you on Wednesdays. are so know. We miss you on Wednesdays, so quit basketball coaching and get back with (laughs) me. So yes, Christmas kind of ends, and it's at this point in time in the Christmas story that we kind of get that sense. Mary and Joseph, they do what we do. They sit down to try to adjust the life. We don't know when. We don't know how. We don't know what their decision was. But at some point in time, Scripture makes it clear, they decide to stay in Bethlehem. Did that mean they went back to Nazareth and then come back? We don't know. But they finally said, you know what? It's not this journey we didn't necessarily want to be on, but we knew would happen in the census, ended up not being too bad. So let's just adjust to life. Let's just adjust to this new way of being. And so they do. Joseph being a carpenter, whether it was curved or rocks or both, he finds his job and they kind of adjust in as much as anybody with a newborn baby adjusts to life. And they get used to it. And then something happens that we realize even yet they life happen. They finish one journey, they're finally sitting in they're getting used to what life is going to happen and then another event Takes place. We read it in Matthew chapter 2. The Magi have uh, come, they've given their gifts, and and they go, and then in verse 11, the end, or in verse 12, after meeting the Magi that had been warned, and they dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. The Magi come. They had this planned journey, and they were going to just retrace their steps back. But life happens, and they go on another unexpected journey home. But that doesn't just—that's not just them that had a been. When they gone, the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and says, "Get out, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay here until I tell you. For is going to search for the child and kill him." Life happens. Can you imagine with me what Mary and Joseph were experiencing? I mean, they really kind of did just take a deep breath of. Journey to Bethlehem, okay? Now what? And this journey into Egypt wasn't just a, a hop, skip, and a jump away. We're talking an 80 mile journey to the border of Egypt. You wonder what is starting to go through in his mind. They've seen shepherds, they've had hands wonderful things over their child. They know the truth of Scripture. They get visited by Magi. They get what they never would have thought could be possible in frankincense and myrrh and gold. And now they're saying, hey, get up. Go. Because Aaron wants to kill this baby boy. And I don't know where life is going to, how life is going to happen for you this year. I can guarantee you life will happen. And sometimes when life happens, it's a good thing. Life happens. Life is going to happen to you, life. Literally. Life. A bundle of joy. And then also time you going to go, oh. You know. And that's the mixture. I don't know what life is going to bring your way. I don't know if for many of you it's just going to be upwards. And I, and I would pray that. But see, we know from the truth of Scripture that life happens and sometimes it's the unexpected journeys ahead. Where are we as the church going to be in six weeks or six months? Life will happen. And, and I can't predict it for you, but I can give us some truths this morning and actually I'm going to try to do it as quickly as possible for you. Okay? For once. Alright? No promises after I get back from vacation. Alright? I'll go back in 35 minutes for you. Alright? <laughs> so we pick this up. And here's what I want us to see right at the beginning God is present in the unexpected journeys of life. God initiates this journey, but throughout Matthew 2 9 through 23, we see time and time again that God shows up in this journey that Mary and Joseph never would have gone on, didn't want to go on, but had to go on. There are some journeys in life we look forward to, and then there are some journeys we just persevere through them. But God is there along the way. He didn't just say, get up and go, and they just left them alone. In fact, there are by many consensus bases where uh, Mary and Joseph ended up is probably the city of Alexandria in Egypt, where, as many of you are historians, you know there was a great library here in Alexandria, named after Alexander the Great. <coughs> there was a, a Jewish base there, probably a million people at the time. I mean, they would have been able to find somebody to help them out way for God to show up. They weren't just sent into a land where no one would have known of their customs. Though sometimes that may have. They were sent to a people that would have understood their background. God shows up and is present in the unexpected journey. But the gifts of one journey will provide for the next. God in his wisdom obviously knew what he was doing. Maybe we need to understand that God in His wisdom knows what He's doing in our lives. And He will provide you the gifts that you need now for that next journey. There's no way Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus could have afforded the journey into Alexandria if the Magi would not have shown up. That's probably what's sustained them for the year, year and a half, year and a half. God Provided in ways that they would not have known to prepare for. So take heart as you find yourself on the next journey, whatever it may happen. Maybe just take a moment to stop and to reflect exactly on the gifts you have been given now, because they will sustain you on that here. They will be the hallmarks that God uses to give you that hope. That we can do. So here's what I know to be true. The gifts that God has given our church, people of time, of vision, of resources, financially and non-financial, will prepare us and provide for us wherever we go next. We don't start with clean slate, but God has given us a history that will remind us of who we are. For along the unexpected journeys we will face over the next year, the two, the ten, so who knows, for God comes back. He provided for them. So we need to be reminded that God still speaks. See, when you get on this journey, and maybe you didn't want to be on the journey, you wonder is God still talking? Is, does God still show up? And time and time again in these verses, in this obscure kind of passage where we just hear a lot of things. There's a lot of journeys. We hear again and again and again, The Lord appeared in a dream. <clears throat> now you may ask, why dreams? Well, that culture back then was very much in tune that. I'm not saying we need to uh, have dreams at night and then try to interpret those. We have the Word of God that will still speak in the unexpected journeys of life. Look it up. They were aware of when God showed up. They heard his voice in those ways. We can hear his voice in these journeys. He will speak to you time and time again. God still speaks. God will still provide. I'm not sure how. I don't know the specifics of how God will provide, but I can guarantee you that God will provide in one way, shape, and form. If you're on a good journey, maybe maybe it's those blessings that will sustain the next. Those of you who, when life happens and it's not the best of journeys, I will say God still provides. You may stretch it so you don't want to be stretched. Okay? I know we like to say God won't give, any, give you any more than what you can handle. Well, that's not biblical. What is biblical is God won't give you any more than he can sustain you in, whether in this life or to take you out. Okay? You may, it may be completely unbearable for you, but God will still provide for you in that moment. It might be that friend who just says, hey, been thinking of you. Or, hey, don't forget who the Lord is. Hey, what about this? So if those things are true, how can we be like Mary and Joseph and the Magi? What are we to do as we kind of take this breath and we look forward to the next year? One, we do to have a bit. Mary and Joseph could have stayed with God, I think, would have done something else but he doesn't ask us, we're told not to put him to the test. So when he says something, we ought to do it. Even if we don't like the journey ahead. I don't think like Matthew. Matthew gives us the broader picture where we read of the prophet Hosea, out of Egypt I called my son, when, when he picks up this idea Jesus is going to fulfill in the best way everything of the Old Testament. He is going to mimic the journey of Israel. But I don't think Mary and Joseph to, oh, Egypt. Hey, I remember what happened back in the Old Testament with Egypt. I think they're going, Egypt. Oh, no. I know. What do you mean someone's going to kill my kid? Let me process this. It wasn't was just get up and go. And then got up and went. Sometimes it's what you and I have to do. We are to obey. They trust God and they get to Egypt. And then they hear that the great horrible parent has finally died. And so they are told in a dream to take the child and his mother Joseph to the land of Israel. So they go. And I think what they were thinking is what you and I sometimes think. We'll just go back to what we knew, Bethlehem. would have been nice. They had context. We're talking 12 to 18 months. They, they knew the area. Maybe they left some the stuff there. I don't know. You know, they hear it, and, and then they realize, wait a minute. Herod's son was just as bad, if not worse, than his father. The joke about the great Herod, uh, the birth stories, is uh, in the Greek, it was a play on word. You know, they would say, it was better to be Herod's kid than his son. And in the Greek language, Uh, those two words for pig and son have just one letter difference, okay? Uh, Because they truly, as we see Herod's just awfulness here in Matthew 2. You didn't want to be related to Herod in his final days. I mean, this guy was awful. It was much easier to be livestock, okay? You probably weren't going to be killed. you, have, uh, you have had a contract basically out on your head. Alright? And, and so there's this sigh really quick, we can go back to our land. For Herod is that except his son who's 19, was worse than the father. Another twist in the turn of life. And so God shows up and speaks again and says, take you elsewhere. So they go to Galilee. And he went to live Messiah coming. So they named their town after the hope that out of the branch of David would come a Savior. And that is why Matthew reminds us of the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. He would be called the branch of David. The unexpected journey, God will show up. And the unexpected and the expected journey, God will provide. In the unexpected and the expected journey, we—if we open our eyes—will see God show up, and as I like to say it, show off. And as you finish these last days, I ask you to look at how God showed up and showed off in your life this year, because that may be the gift that will carry you through next year. And you're like, know, "I don't have anything." Well, then look at what. Lord is done in our church this year. He has shown up and shown off in our church this year, and in many ways, of which I will not recount this morning. But he has. And then I ask you to trust for good. But wherever the Lord may lead next, wherever that journey may be, he will continue to do. So here is my prayer this morning. As I close, and as I lead us the final time in 2021 for this COVID, until next year, don't not going anywhere, alright? Some of you still get anxious about every other week, alright? i heard just this week, some of you are anxious about what I plan on doing, i plan on staying put. alright? So, um, you know, i got to at least do Joyce's funeral, Joyce isn't allowed to die for 20 more years. I'm glad someone else said that, you know? So... Because um, I got some wee dinners for choice. You uh, know. You know, but don't. But the last time this year, here's my prayer. May the Lord speak and maybe listen. And maybe listen and be doers of the words the Lord speaks. We pray with you. Father God, I thank you for this time. Lord, I ask that you would now help us as we uh, worship you and we worship you this week. That we would do so trusting you. When you speak, we will go because we want to be obeyers of the Lord, not just hearers of the Lord. And so, Lord, we thank you for your gifts that you have given us. We thank you for what you are going to do. And we thank you that wherever the journey of life may lead us this coming year, you are there. And you will still speak, and you will still provide everything that we need. Lord, I just thank you for that truth. I thank you for this Christmas story that reminds us of that truth. And I ask now, That you would be with us as we worship you through this time, this where I just thank you and love you for Jesus' name. Amen.